Where were you planning on going with that, Kare? To a galaxy far, far away. I've been waiting for you all these long. We meet again at last. This is Waiting for Obi, a Star Wars podcast. Well, I hope it doesn't take too long. I have work to do. Join us as we explore the stories told in a galaxy far, far away, providing narrative context and reactions to Star Wars on Disney Plus and beyond. Hello there. And now, Waiting for Obi, with your hosts, Jason and Kim. We are back for another episode of Waiting for Obi. Howdy ho, neighbors. Howdy, howdy ho, neighbors. <laughs> I should have said hello there, but it was too late. I had already gone into Heidi Ho. <laughs> you had. Uh, <laughs> that was a missed opportunity. It's fine. Heidi ho there. <laughs> I like the reference, I think. It's too late. <laughs> uh, we're here today, of course, to discuss an episode of Star Wars Visions. Now, since Visions dropped all at once, we're just like picking up the pieces as we go and We've, picking up the pieces. we've we've had a we've had a lot going on, so we apologize for the slight delay in this particular episode. I think Kim uh, recently visited a, a Origins gaming convention. Yes, so she's been busy. I don't have a good busy excuse. Spending all my money. <laughs> um, no, it was Origins is my happy place. Um, so if you want to learn more about that, you can f- learn more on Tabletop Rebellion. That's where we're going to talk about it. I have a wrap up video coming out. The next couple of weeks. Did you see anything Star Wars related? I bought a Star Wars mask. <laughs> uh, there was this great lady that was making some. Uh, so I bought Star Wars mask. I did not see any like what you would have hoped, you know, any hints of a new Star Wars game coming. There was definitely Origins is not really the announcement convention by any means, mm. and it was certainly smaller this year. So if anything like that's going to happen, we could find out uh, this weekend because of uh, Essen, which is over in Germany, which is the world's largest board game convention. Wow. Uh, And so a lot of big announcements sometimes happen there. Got it. We will keep our eyes peeled to the socials. Who knows? Who knows? Um, So today we're going to talk about the third episode, or what is numbered the third episode, in Star Wars Visions. Uh, This one is titled The Twins, and it is uh, produced by the anime studio Trigger. Uh, And I went through their body of work, and I'm not familiar with any of them, but they have uh, seemed to have contributed to about half a dozen TV shows over the course of the last uh, half decade. So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm a fan of anime, but I'm not like on top of the the latest and greatest and you know if it's not if it hasn't it mainstream like mm-hmm. anime like like really get that u.s attention then it's it's hard for me to find because i just don't have the time to devote to it as much as i love their stuff yeah that's fair yeah the anime stuff that's hitting uh what there is a little bit of anime in the board game world so there's some crossover there uh but most happening right now is uh cowboy bebops popping up several places uh, as an ip in board games yeah they've got uh, netflix is doing yeah. a live action of that so that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense that it was that is a very well beloved and very well done uh show so i'm not surprised yeah. that it's getting some attention these days yeah, there's a company called Japanime that uh, will often there's there's a lot of it's, that's mostly anime uh, type board games like with that type of art and things oh, like cool. that. So if you're yeah, so th- that's a cool one to check out. Uh, well, I don't have anything else. Me either. What? So 
that's the end of it. No, I'm kidding. Um, so now we're going to stop talking about all this rando stuff that you may or may not enjoy. Who knows? Let us know. Uh, I can get off on a crazy tangent about board games when allowed. But now we're going to talk about the twins. So this is your spoiler warning that if you haven't watched the twins, what are you doing? Why are you? What Did you just want the random stuff? What are you doing here? Go watch it, then come back. And then we're going to talk about it and whether or not we liked it. Ha ha ha. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, and as always, like we do, he- what we like to do here on Waiting for Obi uh, is to provide some narrative context to the greater Star Wars universe. Now, as we've discussed before, Star Wars Visions sits outside um, or adjacent to the the Star Wars canon as a whole. And a lot of um, mm-hmm. a lot of the works here are inspired by uh, Star Wars canon, kind of take place in an era. Um, some don't. Uh, this one, uh, this one is particularly interesting uh, because it, well. Yes, this one's very interesting. Um, <laughs> that's that's a good word for it. I, I don't know what I we talked about. Uh, we talked about voice acting and stuff. So this one has I, I feel like the voice acting in this one actually threw me off a little bit watching it. I know you have a an idea narratively kind of what this one was. I'm still spoiled by the very first episode because as of it's still the best one in my opinion so far. Oh, of course. Well, a lot of the merchandising around Vision is centered around Ronan because I think they knew that Ronan was special. Right, yeah, of, Ronan was package. something special. It's kind of a bummer. Well, I mean, they want to hook people into Visions. It's kind of a bummer. It's not like the last one in the package. But again, we uh, we are also watching these uh, sequentially, so we don't really have a whole lot of experience beyond uh, the fourth the fourth one at this time. So. We can't. We we will provide more commentary on that as we go through. Um, yeah, I figure we'll have to do some kind of wrap up or something. Makes make, kind of makes sense. So, when does this or when could this episode take place? Um, it it's really kind of unclear. They they do mention the Republic and they mention the Galactic Empire. Uh, they mention Clone Wars. They mention it happening or have wait, happened. Uh, wait, hang on. Is it this one or the other one? That's, hang on. That's the I could have. Whoops. Okay. I've watched the next episode too because I just got them confused. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, I made notes about the Clone Wars. Yes, on a different script. Um Yeah, so it's- Yeah, I think you're right. This one's really hard to pinpoint because it just it, I have no idea when it would have I there's could- still Ick Wings. I mean, I guess yeah. maybe you could take it by the stormtroopers and the ships could help date it somewhere. You could probably place this in the Mandalorian era. Um Okay. Because with the remnants of the Galactic Empire and the Republic, um, and just from like a from like a big standpoint, like I believe I would compare this episode to like a serious version of Spaceballs. Like <laughs> it is, it is a giant commentary, or like yes, uh, they basically took all of Star Wars and hyped it up, and then s- see what works. They took some. They took like all the cliche, uh, cliche lines. They took the major tropes from the from the sh- uh, you know main series uh, and just kind of blended it all together and and produced a show. So this one, out of anything we've seen so far, so far kind of feels very Star Wars inspired and not Star Wars authentic. Yes, that's. I think yeah, not Star Wars authentic. I think that's a very good. Yeah, this one's just this one feels very much like a story that children would have been told. Yeah, and I, I actually really like the way you put that. Um, now, if, from a voice acting standpoint, if you've seen the English versions, there are actually some really big names, and I, this is not unusual. These visions shows have had some 
not like huge names, but this was actually pretty huge. Um, this was very huge, huge. But I'm just, I'm shocked that they invested uh, in the in these. Did so historically, Disney has gone for. Disney has not gone for the name when it comes to voiceover talent. Unlike DreamWorks or Universal, well, they'll, you know they'll. they'll I feel put- like that's changed in recent years, though, so? because in, in my era of early Disney animation, so Little Mermaid, uh, Lion King, Lion King's where you started to see big names. Uh, Aladdin is where you had Robin Williams, and that's where things started to turn a little bit. Mm. Uh, and so now you have. Uh, I mean, look at the the names of people from Frozen who do all the voice acting in Frozen. Like that's, I mean, you had The Rock in in um, Moana, so they're getting bigger names. So maybe it's a matter of what that, they used to that they're not they're not putting that as the selling point. They're not, and I think Robin Williams had a lot to do with that. But that's a completely different podcast discussion. Sure. Um, Anyways, so <laughs> you're right. They're not using the name to sell whatever it is that they're selling. Right. Um, it, does it help? Of course it does. Uh, this one surprised me though. But I I recognize the voice um, of is it Kari? Is that I, yeah? I recognize that straight out the gate because Neil Patrick Harris and I heart in PH. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, uh, the female lead, Anne, was uh, voiced by Allison Brie, um, who's done some Netflix work. Yeah, Glow, and she's been in Community, and she's done some other um, voice acting stuff, too, that I saw uh, when I looked it up. But most people are familiar with NPH, and he has a, he has quite a history with Disney. Mm-hmm. He's got a drink that he's created named after him in Epcot. He always does the um, processional is yep. that what it's called? Candlelight the Christmas processional. Pr- yep. Candlelight processional. And he and his family love Disney. So I wouldn't be surprised if they got him on board to do this and he didn't even necessarily, you know, charge a normal NPH fee. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. This show is sponsored in part by the Chance Cube Trading Card Services, providing appraisal, grading, and consignment services for your non-sports trading card collections at little to no upfront cost to you. Visit Facebook.com slash The Chance Cube to find out more. And Tabletop Rebellion, creating fun reviews and playthroughs of new and favorite board games as they strive to bring people together one game at a time. Be sure to check them out on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Tabletop Rebellion. Um, so the show itself, uh, and I just want to get this out of the way first, like, there's so many, like, tongue-in-cheek things throughout this entire episode. Like, they, everything's so serious, it's funny to me. Like, they try to make it so, like, intense and, like, epic that it's almost comical. And that's just the way I take it. Um, so, uh, Kare's droid, uh, is our duo, which is, like, R2, really. These were so... (laughs) These, these made me laugh that I I get what they were going for, but it, it almost... To go back to your analogy of this being like a more serious Spaceballs, it, that was a Spaceballs way to name things. Right. It was a Mel Brooks way to do it. And then uh, Am, the female lead, her droid, her protocol droid is B2ON, which is each one of those is the letter or number before C3PO. <laughs> like, thought of this, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and it's interesting that they each have their own companion. I mean, they're very each have their own like companion droids. Yeah. It's very much what these came across as. And I mean, th- there are some things too, like 
you know, C-3PO is always told to shut up with his ramblings. Like, she respects everything that B-2 says, which I think is hilarious because he's a a disaster of a dialogue. Oh, yeah. Well, from what I gathered from it, too, that he had, for lack of a better term, raised them. They were placed in his his or hers, its care um, when they were young. Yeah. So... I guess I could see that's where it, it's still odd, but I guess that's almost like a a paternal or maternal instinct with that droid mm-hmm. that you respect them because of they're the ones who raised you. I mean, yeah, he didn't. Uh, he did. Uh, I mean, maybe he should have done some kindness in there, but you know, nobody's perfect. No parent's perfect, I guess. Yeah. So the episode starts uh, with a. Uh, pan on this gemini class star destroyer and this is a, a unique class of star destroyer developed for this show i'm sure um ah, okay. uh, yeah it's not something we've ever seen before uh and uh we we see all these standard old stormtroopers uh that kari is kind of walking through and then then it's like five minutes of exposition to tell us exactly where we are and what's happening that's a lie no you know that's true that's exactly what's happening it felt like that even if it wasn't that on the timestamp, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna come right out here, and I didn't love this one. I didn't love this episode, and maybe it's because with translations that it 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 just fell a little flat. Because I did watch it with the English voiceover, and maybe that wasn't the right way to do it. So I, I feel like I could have lost something in translation there because it's you know it ends up coming across a lot of the dialogue, a lot of the stuff comes across kind of choppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I realize that that's probably just a fail of, of me watching the anime. So for those of you who love anime, please don't take offense to that. That's all um, but it's so it made it a little hard to get into. So these were definitely I found it interesting, though, that these were um, kind of throwback to the Bad Batch, that these were twins who were created. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We don't know to what point, but we're familiar with, you know, clones being created and that they were grown. They were grown as embryos in a lab um, by the dark side. And that's a flashback that we have early on when the episode kind of launches. Yeah, that's very, very uh, it echoes a lot of what's happening in the Mandalorian and the Bad Batch time where we're kind of getting into this cloning, diving more into this cloning thing, which I think is, you know, my personal belief that they're all setting up to make the sequel trilogy make a lot more sense than it currently does. They're going to make all of Palpatine clones I'm calling it right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this is, uh, AM's definitely, definitely in touch with her dark side of things. Mm-hmm. Like she's all about the black and red. Um, and they, and I'm, I'm a little confused that they've managed to create this power generator that has a Kyber crystal. Well, and that it's going to be a hyper cannon. Yeah, I mean, canonically, the Kyber crystal is what's supposed to be powered the Death Star. Okay, then that was the missing. That was the piece that I was missing. Yeah, yeah, there was because it's saying that this cannon can destroy like a planet or a star system or whatever, and I was like, well, that's Death Star power there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it it is a little. It's still again. They've taken an idea and like blown it out of proportion, I believe. Sure. Uh, but Oh, this this episode blows a few things out of proportion. But and, and the entire episode is all about Kari and her like her brother. Um and, nope, Kari is the brother. 
Uh, yep. Kari going and kind of realizing that what they're doing is not the right thing to do, steals the kyber crystal and trying to save the world. Uh, and He's not very dark. He's very Han Solo-y. Yeah. Oh, there's totally a lot of Han Solo in him. There's a little Luke Skywalker. Again, Spaceballs. Yep. Main yep, character yep. is shoved both of them together. Uh, and like, really, if they're both raised in the dark side in this Empire-like environment, like, why the heck does he have an X-Wing just chilling in the... In the- in the docking bay. Right, they just picked one up, you know, whatever. Like, oh yeah, the ship, yeah, the X-Wing, because that's what we like, our duo. Yeah, I feel like our duo, oh man. <laughs> um, Yeah, like he, he powers up a little X-Wing and shoots at her too, but yeah, it that seemed to me like they were both raised to the dark side, but clearly the, one of them embraced the dark side much more mm-hmm. than the other did, which is a, uh, I think from what we've learned from Star Wars, is a personal choice to do. Yep. You ultimately choose which side that you're going to embrace. Yep. Uh, we've got crazy lines. Uh, I mean, what is it? Uh, Kari says in a galaxy far, far away. Or, or yes. I was like, really? Oh, yes. God. That's awful. Oh, yeah. We had a droid saying that I've got a bad feeling about this. Um, I think I've got a bad feeling about this. I think I'm not a thousand percent sure, but I feel like so far, and I have I have watched ahead a little. Um, that line appears, I think, so far in all of them. I'm not, Maybe I w- not I in Ronan. Surprised. Uh, I don't Ronan's know. Ronan's the only one I'm not sure about. The, I don't know. The shopkeeper may have said it. To go back and watch it. I think the shopkeeper may have said it in the beginning. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, Yeah, and then just the fact that they're, like, out on the surface of the Star Destroyer, like, with this crazy force tug of war on the Kyber Crystal. Hey, man, if Leia can space fly then it's fine right 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 (laughs) um and yeah there's this weird tug of war thing happening where which which just seems very um predictable you know what i mean like oh yep i saw that coming so they're fighting over the skyber crystal back and forth and um i threw this to this made me think of the dark crystal uh a very old jim henson production the so there's so much power that goes into it the crystal breaks yeah which coincidentally you know kari had happens to have a lightsaber that needs a crystal like chilling around and how convenient convenient. well and she puts a piece in her suit of armor which i thought was a thing that's a thing we've never seen before yeah that was wild i'm like okay just- and then her, well, and then her lightsabers kind of turn into these whip-like things. And then Kari, oh, hey, look, I got a thing that I can throw a chip of this kyber crystal into. I just, the whole thing was very odd. Like, I, <laughs> the whole thing was like, what is going on? Um, And it is this battle. He just wants to save her. And yeah. she's just getting darker and darker and darker and darker, right? I don't know what she thought. I, I don't know that I fully understood what she thought she was going to achieve by putting the kyber crystal in her uh, suit of armor. It felt a little ultimate power Palpatine. It's ultimate honestly power. that that's probably the most like anime trope in this entire show. It's mm, like okay. it's like I'm going to absorb this powerful thing and become even more Fair. powerful, even without thinking of the consequences. Well, she was. She felt that she could outwit death, right? That she that death wasn't. So even though Kari goes, look, yo, sister of mine, I have already seen the future. This is going to end you. This is going to consume you. And she's like, why didn't I see it? 
we're twins. We both have the four. Well, because you're blinded by the power, man. <laughs> so, um, so he's he's ultimately trying to do the right thing and just save his sister, who at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure, no matter what he does, always going to be a buddy with the dark side. Yeah, I don't know. Um, of course. So we th- have. And, oh, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. I was about no. to say the, no, no. You go ahead. No, I've been talking enough. You go. Uh, of course, the droid comes and saves the day. Uh, towards the per use per use at the end of the fight. Yes, R two. I mean, sorry, R duo. Uh, <laughs> saving <laughs> at the end of the day, and of course, we've got to use that propulsion system uh, and go to hyperdrive. And you know, this was the weirdest thing to me. Like. Do that oh my gosh hyperspace jump that we saw from episode eight uh-huh rest in peace that everyone that everyone loved that went over like a lead balloon um <laughs> everyone loved that scene so much so that we pulled it back in and what it was like he's they're 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 she's taunting him and then she starts she's clearly losing control like her armor's overloading and stuff like this and so he wants to save his sister but he doesn't know how and the droid is the one that tells him to use the propulsion system and his lightsaber to slice through the Star Destroyer. What? Oh, right. He was like on top of the X-Wing when he went to hyperspace, what? right? <laughs> yeah. That's so great. That's so wild. <laughs> like the more. This was so like, wow. Yeah. I, I think the more you embrace the crazy, the more you have to like it. It's true. So then we do see that familiar kind of hyperspace jump. And he managed to slice through just the armor, but not his sister, and slices through the Star Destroyer, because that's a thing. He has that much control of the Force. Hey, he's a ninja. I mean, a Jedi. I mean... I'll say, I don't know. that. I just went, whoa, we jumped all the sharks. Um, and I like some people may really, really love this one. So please, like I, this one was just a little over the top for me, uh, story driven wise, but I, I, you know, each to each their own. And this was their own interpretation. And that's, it's still a very cool thing. Um, and then, so Am does get picked up and saved. So there's still hope, quote unquote, hope for her after all. And, um, (laughs) we crash on Tatooine. Oh, that's nice. Because we got to throw the double sunset in. Because oh what, yeah, what's was, more iconic end, than that? At the end, sunset? I even said "cue double sunset" as we were watching. Um, so we it did tie it into a place that we were familiar with, and and I'm sure could in turn add some more, you know, fairy tale type stories to Tatooine lore if that's where he landed. Because ultimately, he still wants to try to find her somewhere out in space and save her and so the struggle of the twins continues kind of well i do have to say in the grand scheme of the first three episodes i did like tatooine rapsy better than i like this one. Oh, did you yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like i think because okay so comparing ronin and tatooine rhapsody well i don't think anybody was gonna win that wasn't a fair fight ronin is definitely superior. Uh, I think this is fair. Like if I had to line them up, oh, I don't know. I yeah, I would put Tattoo and Rhapsody above this one first. Yeah, I would. It's a it's now 
I, I, I just as we said earlier, I think if you if you go into this and you embrace what it is as an art piece, um, yes, as a st- very very stylized version of what Star Wars, uh, like an inspired, you know, Star Wars art, moving art piece, then sure, this could be a really this could be a really fulfilling and exciting episode, but. Yeah, uh, and I and I would also recommend. I've seen. I didn't watch the whole thing in Japanese. I've seen a little bit of it. Um, I think it is. It does feel more cohesive that way. Than- I think I need to go back and watch it that way, honestly, because the 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 uh, voiceover, the English voiceover, was just a little awkward and choppy. My my biggest concern with the way that the Japanese is presented on Disney Plus is that they don't present Japanese uh, translated subtitles. They still subtitle with the English voiceover dialogue. Mm, okay so you have to trust the translation is authentic enough that that's gonna i mean give you them what's the real true translation that they haven't like that nothing's really lost in translation um Mm -hmm. i would hope that someone out there if they haven't done it already will do some sort of comparison of the japanese dialogue to oh i'm sure yeah translation just so we can kind of see if there is anything that we kind of missed out and there's a lot of great symbology that uh star wars that, that we like in star wars that's here uh, you have, you have these. You have this concept of the twins. You have one that's clearly embraced the dark side, and one who not so much. Um, you, that power struggle of good and evil. Like so, a lot of the themes that we're used to seeing, I think they still did really well in this episode. Mm-hmm. But just for me, it just wasn't one of the best ones that's out there. But that's okay. There's still plenty more to to go through. And that is okay. But if you have thoughts on this episode you would like to share with us, you can feel free to drop us an email at contact at winningforobi.com, an email address that I check once a month because <laughs> right now it's nothing but Twitter notifications. Woohoo! Or you can, you find, can find us, us on, Facebook. on Facebook. Yes, at Waiting for Obi on Facebook, which uh, we are much more responsive to. I check that much more frequently than Jason does. Uh, and yeah, be sure that you come back next time for our thoughts and opinions on the next episode of Star Wars Visions. We will see you all again next time. Bye bye. You have been listening to Waiting for Obi, presented by The Chance Cube. Thank you for spending time with us today. We hope you join us again. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash waiting for Obi. Until next time. May the force be with you. This program is a Rogue One, not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company.